What's going on, Hogline Nation? Welcome back to the Hogline Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Manis, alongside my co-hosts, Jack Manis and Andrew Schreffler. Welcome back, Hogline Nation. You are listening to the 261st episode, Thanksgiving football. Bit of a dud. I mean, it was a special day, as it always is, but the games itself weren't too good. But still a good day, good week of football. Shref's Eagles had a thrilling win, which we'll get to in a second. The Steelers, for them, had a thrilling win, I guess you could say, even though it was only 16 points. But regardless, still very exciting. Uh, How are we feeling tonight? Thursday night football, at the time of recording, we have Seahawks-Cowboys in just about an hour and a half or so. Uh, How are you guys feeling going into week 13? Pretty good. The football's been Uh, Yeah. Football's been football. I feel pretty good too. What's the? Uh, I guess we should save it. I was about to ask what's the spread is for tonight. I mean, we could say it. I don't. I don't know. The uh, eight and a half, I believe. It's hovered oh. around. It's hovered around eight and eight to nine points somewhere in between there. But uh, that feels right like a now, lot. Are the Cowboys home? Cowboys are home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Yeah, it's uh wow, nine and a half now. Okay. So Cowboys coming off a dominating win against the Commanders on Thanksgiving. Seahawks coming off a very poor performance against their division rival 49ers at home. And these two meet in just about an hour. Seahawks are wearing their throwback uniforms, so that's always fun. Oh, the nineties ones, those are great. How many points is that worth? It should be worth a couple in my book. Mm-hmm. Do we they think wore, they wore them once other t- one other time this year? Do you guys remember what game that was and how they did? They I did don't recall. I don't remember who they did it against. Um, did they play? Did they play Cincy at one point? Yeah, but I don't think they were wearing the throwbacks. Yeah, I feel like they. I don't know. They lost on like the like yeah, it was like a one score close game, but they lost to Cincy. Um, do uh. If the Cowboys win, because people have, they don't have a win against anyone with a winning record. I think they're the first team to be, what are they, eight and three? The first eight and three teams since 98, I saw that have all their wins are against below 500 teams. Do you think if they, if they win tonight, people will put respect on their name that they'll like actually be um. like, a threat because like the Seahawks are six and five. I guess they lose will be six and six. And like I've, I don't know. I've already, I mean personally as an Eagles fan, I've had to give the Cowboys credit. Um I'm already scared of them despite the not great teams that they've played so far. Um I think the Niners game was certainly a little telling, but it's one of those things where they're they're still a very good team and it's the NFC, which is pretty top heavy and they're up there so yeah i uh i don't necessarily think it depends i guess it depends i think how how the game goes tonight they don't look too good i don't know the seahawks are definitely an interesting team because they've looked kind of inconsistent you know it's been they've looked very good they've looked pretty bad um no ken walker again so, Charbonnet, I guess, has looked okay in his absence, but yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm really trying to find when they wore these jerseys. I don't. I can't. But, I feel like I would remember when they did. I don't think they have yet. Except, but all those teams that are debut or have uh, like released a throwback uniform this off season, I feel like they've all worn one by now. It's what week twelve, thirteen. So they probably have. Yep. I guess. Okay, so they. Um, they wore them against the Browns in week eight. Uh, I was thinking of orange, but I was thinking of the wrong team. We probably don't remember that, Jack, because we may have been at the Steelers game during that during that, that game. That was week eight. Yeah, that was week eight. Although that, that was a four o'clock game. So I don't know. They did win that game. They won by four against the Browns. And the Browns were, uh, besides Nick Chubb, healthy for the most part. Actually, no, I think P.J. Walker may have played that one. I don't know. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it was now, PJ Walker. So that was, I think that was a, a Browns fans complaining like for like refs game. That's every week, so that doesn't narrow it down. 
Uh, okay. So we'll get Eagles. potentially potentially we'll get to the little Thursday night preview. Um, depending on if we if one of us picks that game or not. But let's transition back to the Eagles. They win in overtime against the Bills. I don't know if you guys, I'm sure Jeff saw this. I'm sure Jack saw it as well. But Josh Allen drops to 0-6 in overtime in his career. Yeah. Interesting. That's pretty pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they changed the overtime rules because of the whole yeah. Bills-Chiefs thing. Mm-hmm. And then since then, he's gone 0-6. Or <laughs> since then, or just the career he's 0-6? Career he's 0-6. I think since then, he's lost like two or three. Huh. So Eagles win 37-34 in overtime. Uh, Shreff, I guess what the Eagles were down by 10 at halftime, correct? That they were. That they were. Okay, so yeah, tell us about your uh, range of emotions throughout this one. Yeah, I mean, as, as you can imagine, I was I was all over the place. I'm all over the place no matter what, but this game especially. Um, at halftime, I was like already thinking about what this segment was going to look like. Um, and it wasn't going to be... It wasn't going to be like uh, the sky is falling rant or anything like of that nature because I, I think I've learned uh, better than that with this team. But it was going to be a like uh, kind of they got what they deserve type of type of rant. I think where like they've put themselves in this position uh, a very good amount of times this year, especially the last couple weeks, um, and it was looking pretty bleak at halftime and like i felt like the games before they were at least like showing some life on both sides of the ball i thought in the first half of this game they they were showing absolutely nothing um that was giving me any hope um with that being said they basically told me hey why don't you shut up with your stupid opinions um you're dumb and i was dumb i was very dumb uh they did it again um this was as much of a team win as i think i've like ever seen and that's saying something because they i feel like this they very much have a lot of team wins where it's not necessarily one guy stepping up, but it, it's a lot of guys making key plays in key situations. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I will start. I want to give Josh Allen credit. Um, I think he has been an easy target this year in terms of hating on him, in terms of turnovers and just some bad decisions and the team maybe not being as good as we thought they were going to be in general. Um, they lost the game, but Josh Allen was far and away the best player on the football field uh, this past Sunday. Um, he absolutely killed this defense um, with his scrambling ability and just getting out of sacks. Uh, that's the Eagles' bread and butter they get after the quarterback. They could not bring him down to save their life. Um, luckily, he did show himself like the, the, the negative side of him that we do talk about, uh, throwing the interception to James Bradbury, which I'm going to give a lot of credit to Bradbury on that because uh, I've rewatched the play a million times, and I like remember sitting on the couch – watching Stefan Diggs line up against, I believe it was Christian Ellis, who's a backup linebacker that um, had to come in because Zach Cunningham got hurt. Um, and like, I was screaming at the TV, like, I can't believe they're doing this with the mismatches again. And as I said it, James Bradbury steps off his guy, comes back down, picks it off. It was beautiful and just a very, very heads up play. I don't know if that was part of the design. It seemed like it might've been because uh, I think Blankenship came over pretty quickly to get the guy on the outside. So it felt like it was designed, which, if that's the case, credit to Sean Desai. Um, but I'm sure Bradbury had a part to play in that as well. Um, yeah, so the defense as a whole uh, couldn't really stop Josh Allen, uh, like, at all. But I'm also not going to, like, harp on the defense too much because, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Bills finished with, like, over, like, 40 minutes of time of possession. So, I mean, like, at the end of the game, I really wasn't expecting much out of them. They were gassed. Uh, I will. I do want to give credit before going to the offense to Jordan Davis, who uh, played the most snaps of his career, like by far. Um, and on one of the last snaps in overtime, uh, if you remember, chased down Josh Allen to, I believe, force a fourth down, maybe a third down. Uh, he reached a speed of 16.96 miles per hour. Uh, it's the second fastest speed reached by a 330 plus pounder this season. And he did it at the very end of the game of a game where he played the most snaps of his career. So like that just shows the type of effort that this team is willing to put out to win games. I love it. I want to see more of it from everyone. And it was, it was just, it was cool. And it's like, talk about a guy you don't want to see like running. Like I always think about like Trent Williams, Jordan Davis has to be up on that list as well. Um, Flipping to the offensive side of the ball. 
Uh, very much a tale of two halves, a very bipolar offense, to say the least. Um, first half could not get anything going. Uh, first drive made me very, very mad. Started with three passes. Uh, I think they had like they had like three or four drives in the first half that uh, came in at, I think, like under a minute in terms of time of possession. So just like unacceptable stuff. It was a mix of everything. Um, I thought Hertz was uh, very much a deer in headlights in a lot of situations. Um, I know Lane Johnson didn't play, but I actually thought by the end of the day, I thought Jack Driscoll actually actually held his own a, a decent bit. Um, but Hertz at at any sign of the pocket collapsing was very quick to try to escape. You were seeing those like long rollouts and then just kind of having to dump it out of bounds. Um, in the future, I'd like to see him step up in the pocket a little bit more, and maybe he. I feel like he's always been good at kind of taking those hits and getting the ball out, but it feels like he's shying away from that a little bit uh, the last few weeks. So just want to see those eyes stay where they need to be a little bit. But with all that being said, we get to the second half, and he, um, I think we talked last week about him being the leading MVP candidate. Um, I still think there are names that should be up there in the same uh, breath as him in terms of odds. But, I mean, that second half was was his MVP statement, I would say. Um Total stats don't look great, 18 to 31, 203 touchdowns. But that second half, man, he he made pretty much every throw that was asked of him. Um, he hit Devontae on a nice little crosser from like 20 out, put the ball where it needed to be. Um, I'm sure everyone has seen the play to Zacchaeus, rolled out, actually like kind of directed him, uh, kind of pointed towards the back of the end zone, put it where only he could get it. Uh, just a wildly impressive throw. And then uh, – was using the legs really well in the second half. I thought uh, the QB draw is working to perfection. It worked at the very end of the game um, to win it. Uh, and yeah, he was as dynamic as I've seen him look this season in that second half. Definitely very promising. I would like to see him and the, the rest of the offense put it together for four quarters, but uh, I don't know, man, they, they keep, they keep winning these games by the skin of their teeth, but they're doing it against what I would say are pretty good football teams. So it's hard to understand what to make of it. Uh, I will shout out Devontae Smith as well. A.J. Brown in the last few weeks has been quiet. It's a mix of they've been, it seems like they've been not on the same page a little bit, but at the same time, it, it's it's become increasingly obvious that a lot of defenses uh, key to the game seems to be do not let him get the football. Um, it's been working, but Devontae Smith has been stepping right up. Mitchell, I know you were hoping for it as a Devontae Smith fantasy owner, I believe. But he's been doing it. About over 100 yards, he was complaining, not complaining about it, but laughing about it in his post-game press conferences because I think he went like 99-99 and got over 100 this time. So congrats to Devontae. Good job, buddy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a very pot, like, tail two halves. It's kind of been the story all year. Um, you know, as we get later in the season, you ideally don't want to see them having to come back from 10 points every time because as good as they've seem to be at it uh it's you know when it gets later and you start playing these teams that know how to win it's not going to be that easy but they this team has heart it's, it's about all i got they have heart i have one comment and two questions mm-hmm. um number one i just went back and verified the eagles are seven and one in one possession games this year yeah so you know, I, I feel like maybe you could work. Maybe that's like a next year problem, wearing that may regress. But I believe they were good yeah. in one score games last year. I think I'm not so. Mistaken. And it's so, like, it, it's one of those things where it's like the nature in which they're doing it, it feels like. Like the Cowboys game was a little different, I thought. But like the, this Chiefs and Bills game, like Eagles winning that game by by one possession. Like, I wouldn't say as a knock on them necessarily, but there's certainly been like the Patriots game at the beginning of the year, Jets game shouldn't have lost. There, there's been exam the commanders games both times, but it's weird against these good teams, they're just doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it's not necessarily good teams tend to win those games, but in a scenario like we were, everyone was referencing the Vikings last year, you know, now right. we see them kind of regressing mm-hmm. towards the the mean so that makes sense um my next question or my first question rather is i feel like brian johnson is a name that's been circulating over the past couple of weeks in terms of you know when we get to this head coaching cycle uh in about a month or two 
that his name is getting floated around a little bit on a scale from one to 10, one being that's blasphemous. I don't understand why he's being considered for that. And 10 being, I totally get it. He should be one of the first couple people hired. And I'm, I think we're going to lose him next year. Where do you stand on that? I'm on the hired. I I've come around on him the last couple weeks. Um, I'd put it at like a, I put it like a seven. I'm still not going to go like way high, but I'll go seven over five for sure. He, um, there's, there's certainly parts like there's, there's spans of time in the game where I question it a little bit. Like for example, this bills game, three straight passes on the first drive after you get the, after you get a three and out on defense to start it. I don't love that. Um, this is a team that's identity is, is built on the ground. I think first and foremost, and the passing, um, thrives because of that. Um, so the, the, like I said, there's individual moments where I get a little frustrated for sure, but I do remind myself that this is his first year, like fully calling plays. Um, and on top of it, I I think he he seems to have a pretty good brain for when to get a little more aggressive and turn the notch up kind of later in the game. Um, it feels like these second halves, man. They they've had they found such a good flow mixing the running, and it's been opening up the passing game. I don't know why it can't be consistent over four quarters, but the fact that we're seeing these kind of bursts of like how good this offense can be when it's humming. Um, I, I, I definitely think it's warranted to take a look. And I think especially with the way the NFL is shifting where um, you're seeing a lot of these like young play callers who kind of seem to be like ushering in this new era a little bit. Um, I think we're going to see teams kind of look through all options and Johnson would certainly fit that criteria. So I get it for sure. Okay. I I definitely saw a lot of people that were on both ends of the spectrum, really. A lot of people yeah, were like, yeah. Eagles, I don't get Eagles it. Eagles fans, you know how, how, we, how we get down. Um, if it goes bad for like a quarter, it's fire him. And once it's good, we kind of shut up. Um, I've tried to stay a little more mild with it. I thought early in the year it wasn't looking good, but I, I truly do think he's gotten better and better every week. Let me tell you what's going to happen with Ben Johnson. Brian Johnson. Yeah, sorry, Ben Johnson is uh, the uh, the uh, let's see Brian Johnson. Let me tell you what's going to happen. What's going to happen with him? Uh, he he'll stay the Eagles coordinator next season, and then the uh, the the Colts will plummet, and Shane Steichen will get fired mid season, and then. He'll go there to be the head coach of the Colts, but the offense, I guess, looks good enough. So they're going to clean house, fire the head coach, and uh, their OC, Jim Bob Cooter, he'll have a good enough reputation where he's going to go to the Eagles, be their OC. Because the Eagles and Colts, they're just exchanging coordinators, head coaches. So then when Sirianni inevitably fails two years down the line, uh, Brian Johnson will come back and be the Eagles head coach. I kind of by twenty twenty six. I, I kind of want Steichen back. I mean, they're just exchange like Frank Reich OC the Eagles and becomes a head coach of the Colts, and then a couple yeah, years yeah. later, a couple years later, Steichen OC the Eagles, then becomes the head coach of the Colts. Well, what about Sirianni going for yeah, the Colts? Yeah, in, in, in between, Colts exactly. Yeah. In, between, in between that, Sirianni, OC Colts, the Eagles head coach. So there's going to be some, there's gonna be some, uh, some trade there. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if we're trusting history, which I, I, I tend to, it, it feels inevitable. Jim Bob yeah, and, Cooter. And, Jim Bob, and, I, I, I would like I, I think, I think you said that ridiculous thing. scenario just to say Jim Bob Cooter. And I'm and I'm fine. No, with that. I, I, no I, I I didn't just say that just so I could say Jim Bob Cooter. I I I thought that was I I had that scenario played out in my head, and I just googled to confirm because I knew it, but I just want to confirm that Jim Bob Cooter is the OC of the Colts. So no, I did not just say it for the name. I I fortunately got lucky and fell into get saying that name. Happy accident. Didn't want to yeah. say the name, but you said it like three more times after you said you didn't say it just to say Jim Bob Cooter. I didn't say it just to say it, but now that I say it, I'm going to keep saying it. He's going to keep Jim Bob it. Cooter. <laughs> uh, okay, wow. We went off on a tangent there. 
Um, the last thing I had to say, yeah. yeah, not really a question, but did you see the um, the video I sent about the Bills fan getting flipped off and how I said he was on my hockey team? Oh yes, yeah, it was pretty pretty wild. He got a me- he got a mention on uh, the New Heights podcast as well. That's awesome, and that that that's more what I like to see out of Philly fans. I feel like that's more of like a playful way to be jerks, you know? Yeah, if I if I were Dylan, which is the 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 Bills fans' name, I would have. I don't know what I've done. I don't think I would have been as nice. You'd have punted him. Yeah, that's what I said. But you would have said, uh, "Hey, get out of here, kid! Scram!" Something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. scram. Yeah, get lost. Take a hike. <laughs> yeah, that'll show him. Jim Bob Cooter. <laughs> All right, uh, the Steelers. Defeat the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati, 16-10. to 10. It was a wonderful game. First thing I have written down, I think it's absolutely hilarious oh. that we, we, we broke both the 400-yard total offense streak, which lasted, if anyone doesn't know, I think we've said it a couple times on, on this show, and maybe you've heard it on uh, Twitter or some type of broadcast or other, other social media or whatnot. The Steelers hadn't gotten 400 yards of total offense in 58 games, which is the second longest streak in NFL history. And we did that. We got four over 400 yards. And every game this season, we've been outgained by our opponent, despite being six and four prior to this week. And then we finally outgained the Bengals. So both streaks not, were not only. Yeah, not only outgained them, we like nearly doubled their yardage. I think they had 225, we had 424. So, 421 after the knees. So, yeah, it was, uh, didn't even just squeak by in terms of yardage. So, I just think it's so funny how as the first game after Canada was gone, both streaks were broken. Which, okay, I, I, I initially thought, okay, they're probably not going to get broken one game after. But then I'm thinking about it like 400 yards of total offense and outgaining your opponent isn't that hard of a benchmark to get to, you know, like <laughs> we're thinking really. like this, like this big hurdle that like we can't can't get past. And then I'm like, these are pretty normal things. I feel like you should be outgaining your opponent like 50 percent of the time. So and especially when you have a, a undrafted backup quarterback in there for the other team, you should outgain your opponent. So. Yeah, either way, it felt good. Um, we kind of, you know, we didn't really capitalize since we got to the red zone, hence only putting up 16 points. But the defense did well. Uh, the offense kind of controlled time of possession. I guess that's telling with how many yards that we got. And what I have to say is, where are all the people calling for Kennedy to get benched now? I said ev- exactly, exactly what I there. said. Exactly what I said last week came true. I said, Mm -hmm. if he plays the same or a little bit better and we win, no one will say anything. And that's exactly what's happened. There has not been, I've not seen one tweet and trust me, my Twitter is filled with Steelers opinions and media people and every, everyone. And not one of them said, Kenny should still be benched. And he still didn't throw a touchdown. He still didn't run one in. He didn't throw for over 300 yards. He had a good game, but it's not like he let the let the world on fire. Where it, it's it, you know, I'll say I told you so. I deserve to say it because that's exactly what I said happened. So it's just I don't I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I think I should just probably stay off Twitter after games because it's just it's not good. It's not good. No matter what happens, I feel like people just make me mad, and they're. One of my own. They're Steelers fans, but they're just they're idiots sometimes. Very encouraging to see Pat Fryermuth get involved. He had eleven targets. He caught two passes, I believe, on the opening drive for nine receptions for one hundred and twenty yards. So that's really great to see, and just an overall great win. Uh, we were down, scored. Uh, I think it was at the end of the third quarter. Najee touchdown. Yeah, so that was good. Um, 
yeah, now we just got to capitalize and we get in the red zone. If we can do that, then I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm already way more optimistic. I didn't have a good feeling about the, uh, the Browns game. So I don't know. I wasn't really expecting to win that game per se, but now we won this game. I'm feeling pretty good. And yeah, the schedule is, you don't want to take any opponent lightly because any team could be anyone, any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday or Saturday. But again, we got the Cardinals, two wins, got the Patriots, two wins. We got the Colts who are 500. So that probably will be a close game. And we got the Bengals again at home this time. And then we got the Seahawks who we just said have been inconsistent. And then the Ravens who are already beat. So hopefully we can, even if we go three and three, I think that should be good enough to get into the playoffs, but hopefully we can get four more wins there and uh, just keep this train rolling. And AFC's, I feel like more wide open than people anticipated it being. So that's a good thing. And yeah. uh, we'll just see what happens. That's all you, that's all you can do. So that's my spiel, Jack. What do you, uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I'll continue with that whole schedule thing and like our, our playoff hopes. And they're looking like I, I like where we're sitting now. I like our chances. Uh, sitting at seven and four, you said all those opponent like four of those games should be wins. Um, that puts us at eleven and six, which is kind of crazy considering all we went through this year. Um, and aside from that, we're getting healthier. We haven't had TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and Minka. I'll start a game and finish a game this season, which that looks like it'll happen Sunday. I mean, hopefully no one, none of them gets injured, but Minka is coming off IR. All indications point towards that. He's a full participant in practice this week. So uh, defense is getting healthier. I mean, we do still have – we lost our two starting li- middle linebackers or two of our top three, so we're, we have some holes there. Um, hey, but just sorry to interrupt you, but I mean, just – Speaking to the middle linebackers and the run defense in general, they did really well against Joe Mixon. I think fantastic only, 25 yards allowed on the ground. Yeah. I mean, Joe Mixon had eight carries for 16 yards and Browning had three for nine. So yeah. 11 carries, 25 yards. When you can do that and make Jake Browning try to beat you with his arm, I think that's a great strategy. Right. And I mean, we have a, a couple of not great quarterbacks coming up. Uh, Whoever's starting for the Pats, we got Browning again. Um, Minshew. And Minshew. So, and they may, may not even have Jonathan Taylor yet in a couple weeks. So, it's, uh, I do like where we're at. Um, you, you said it well with uh, everything with the offense. Like, it looks, looks better. I, I like the, the situation, the interim situation we have going on with Faulkner game planning, Sol- Sullivan column plays, um, seem to work well. I hope they build on it. And I can't need to look so confident, uh, which we need that. He needs that. And hopefully he builds off that with the, uh, with how good the game went in terms of yardage. And everyone is saying the, uh, the points thing, we only had 16 points, which that's true. Um, wouldn't say it's on Kenny nor the the play calling and like the the coordinator situation. I'll pit it all on Deontay Johnson, and I'll repeat what I said on Dunn and Drew last night. I don't know, Mitchell, have you heard? I did hear that part. I'll issue a statement to Deontay Johnson if he's listening, and it's hard for me to do this to any player, let alone a Steelers player. Uh. Deontay Johnson is a loser. Wow. I mean, I don't know how other way to put it. Like he's just doing loser things. <laughs> like he's 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 a little diva y. When a diva wide receiver comes out when you're uh uh let's say a Terrellis or a DK Metcalf or uh AJ or Antonio Brown. When you know Wiggs, you're a, AJ Brown, yeah, there's a bunch of them. Jamar Chase, sure. Like it's you can do that when you're that good. Deontay Johnson, he's solid. 
he's not 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 anywhere close to those guys I named. Um, I mean, he started that drive, started a drive. I think our second offensive drive of the game, screen pass, ran backwards as he always does, but this one was so bad. Uh, then later that drive, Kenny puts a ball, a very good ball between two defenders. Deontay just can't complete the catch. Um, that took seven points off the board because we were in field goal range. So that that's a no catch. We get the ball. The following, the very next play, Jalen Warren fumbles. And you've probably seen the clip of the ball bounces right by Deontay Johnson, who's just walking around, walking right by it, just giving up on the play. Probably still mad for the play prior. So that just lost us seven points. We didn't, couldn't even settle for th- three and lose four. Um, so, I mean, he makes that catch. It's 23 points for the offense. That's a normal, that's a solid day. Uh, and Kenny probably has 300 yards and a touchdown. So, uh, he did apologize for it and took accountability for his actions or whatever that means. So, um, I mean, yeah, hopefully he, he can learn how to catch as professional wide receivers need to know how to do. Um, I think that's all I got. Yeah, kind of going off of what you just said, I want to give a shout out to JT O'Sullivan, who's uh, he's he has a YouTube channel called the Quarterback School. He breaks down quarterback films. They're usually about I don't know twenty to forty minutes long. Uh, He frequently does Kenny Pickett. I don't. He hasn't done every single game, but he's done. you know, quite a few at this point. And he did a uh, Kenny Pickett week 12 analysis. And you could see on the play where Deontay, uh, the play Jack just referenced with the fumble, even if you're giving him the benefit of the doubt and he, and, you know, say like he didn't know what was going on. He actually thought that, you know, Warren was down. And he kind of checked out after that, you know, so be it, whatever. It's not great, but still just saying, just giving him the benefit of the doubt in that instance. Even when like he like the Bengals player picks up the ball and you see like multiple of your teammates running after him, I feel like at that point, still just try to go run and chase him down at that point, you know? Uh and the whistle. There was no whistle blown. The ref exactly. let the play out. Yeah. And, so, and and he was the ref was he was the closest player to the ref. Like you ha- he just you can give him the benefit of the doubt. He wasn't just like Oh, I don't care about this game anymore. I'm gonna walk off. I don't think he was like that. He just like wasn't paying attention. Like you just you're playing an NFL game. You got to pay attention and play to the whistle. And there, there's the, you could not be closer to the whistle. And there was clearly no whistle blown. And he couldn't be close to the fumble. And it was clearly a fumble. So like it's just, he just was not paying attention. Still mad the play prior. And that's not how professionals should act. Yeah, I mean that's that's stuff that's taught it the very early stages of youth sports played to the whistle. That's like yeah. the first thing you learn. So it's a shame. Hopefully that's, that's uh, out of a system, I guess you could say, but, um, but yeah, Shref, do you have anything to say? Uh, my, my question was going to be the Deontay Johnson question, but Jack, uh, Jack had plenty to say about that already. Um, yeah. Uh, the Steelers are looking good. And, and Mitchell, I, um, I'm glad that your take from last week came true because it it, uh, it came very true. Um, it looked opened up a lot more. Pat Fryermuth, big fan. I gave him a last minute fantasy start because I was sitting there thinking like first game without candidate feels like they might they might let it rip a little bit and and they did. Um, actually, I will ask: Does that? I mean, obviously he's not going to have whatever nine catches every time, but is Muth a, a reliable fantasy starter again? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's not like a locked and loaded guy like Kelsey or Hawkinson or guys like that, but I'd say he's a low end starter, meaning a, and he loves him a top 10 to 12 option any given week. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say he's one of the top 12 tight ends, you know, on a particular game. Yeah. Kenny loves him. And I, I think it was Mina Kimes that said it. She was saying how like it kind of all, like it works out perfectly for him because he, like dominates the middle of the field and Kenny um one thing I do enjoy giving him credit for and it's something that some QBs shy away from especially in their younger years but he loves ripping it over the middle of the field loves doing it 
Yeah, it's just if you look at his passing chart between this past game and prior games this season, it's just night and day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even look like the same offense, and maybe it's not, which would be good for us. So it might not be. Um, yeah, and it was great because it was right from the get go at the very first play. It was mm-hmm. a you can tell twenty yeah. to twenty five yard pass to Fryermuth, and it was just yep. pretty thrilling. Um, good to see. Yeah, because a confident Kenny is is uh, my favorite Kenny. So we loved that version of Kenny at Pitt. He was so confident, Pitt. All right. It is time for our picks. Let's recap how we did last week. I believe. Okay, yeah. So Jack went two and one. He retains the lead. He brings his record to 20 and 16. He hit on the uh Cowboys minus 12 and a half, and that hit by a landslide. Giants plus three and a half. Shref and I, I think both liked it as well, but we were afraid to take it because it looked too good. Mm-hmm. But Giants went out right. 10 to seven. Very ugly game. And Jack does not hit on his total. And that was the over in the Carolina-Tennessee game, which had 27 points in it. And the, the total was 37. For myself, I went one and two. I remain in second. And, and my record is now 18, 17, and one. My fade Tim Boyle system worked wonders, and the Dolphins covered the nine and a half. However, the Vikings uh, forgot how to play football, and they did not cover the three and a half, and they lost outright to the Bears. And my Thanksgiving pick of the Commanders Cowboys under 48 and a half had some life for a little bit, but then the Cowboys just piled it on towards the end of the game, and it went over. Shref, the, uh, the Jags minus one and a half, that was a sweat. Uh, came down to the wire. Uh, Matt Amendola, kicker for the Texans, attempted a long field goal, bounced off the crossbar, and the Jags yeah. won by three. Browns plus one and a half. They kind of got hand. They got handed. They got them their rear ends handed to them by the Broncos. Um, yeah, out of all teams to do it to me too. I know the Broncos, right? And the under in the Packers Lions game. Uh, it looked awful from the start. Then they kind of stalled for a little bit, but then it ultimately went over, uh, over 46 and a half. In the last drive, I believe, too. I was, I was almost going to have a parade on, on Jack because he was, he was uh, crapping on the pick from the beginning, but he was, he was right. Yeah, so that brings Shreff's record to 11-24-1. and one. So only, I mean, s- seven games away from me, eight and a half away from Jack, so still some time. It only takes one week where we go 0-3 and, and you go 3-0, and so... Jack also had like an intervention with me in the group chat today and was like, look at your stats, follow your stats. So we're going to, so we'll see if I do that or not. Yeah. Going off of Shref's, uh, his stats here. I, I, I send these guys like some further breakdown of how, how they do picking underdogs, favorites, overs, unders. Shref is pretty, pretty good. I'd say, I mean, he's a winning record picking favorites. He's seven, six and one, but everything else, he's just brutal. I mean, yeah, underdogs, underdogs, zero and eight, overs, zero and six, and unders two and four. So, picking favorites is uh, he's right. You know, it's right up there with us. But then everything else is just not going your way. Yeah, like he's literally zero and fourteen. Yeah. Wait, picking what? Yeah. Until it's overs and overs and uh, overs and uh, overs and underdogs. Underdogs. <laughs> Overs and underdogs, and if you include unders too, he's two and eighteen total. No, I want I want the winless. You're zero and four. You zero and fourteen. And underdogs, and overs, yeah, feels impossible. And the the problem is that I don't uh, I don't know if this is giving stuff away, but I hate the I hate the uh, favorites this week. <laughs> oh boy! Oh god, that's not good. Yeah, no, like it's not. you just like them. I don't I... <laughs> just change your preferences. Yeah, but I've tried. I've tried everything in the book. Like it just, I'm, I'm pressing all the wrong <laughs> buttons every single week. <clears throat> all right. With that being said, Jack, you are up. Where would you like to go with one hundred and one? Where do you think I'm going to go? No, you probably don't want to say. You're going to defer, and you're going to wait no, to no, no, Shreff no, no, picks no. an underdog. I'm not. Uh, there's one. Ga- the game I like the most this week. I'm just going to take her off the bat. I've earned that right as I'm in the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna make. I'll make my pick, and Mitchell, you tell me what my logic is. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna take the Lions to cover. 
The Lions play the Saints, and they are what four point favorites, I believe. Let me check. That's one of the, one, that's one of the only ones I like, so there's a problem. Uh oh. <clears throat> well, they're not underdogs, so that helps my case a little bit. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, Wait, I might know it. Yeah, they're another uh, yeah, four and a half, Jack. Does that make a difference one, to you? No, that's what I thought it was on FanDuel. Okay. Either Does, one of you could explain why. Why do I think the Lions are going to cover against the Saints at that spread? Does this have to do with, with anything stat related? I mean, kinda. Oh, never mind then. I was trying to remember if Dan Campbell played for the Saints, and I was thinking Dan Campbell. No, revenge game. not a revenge game. It's this. I'll give you a hint. It's the same logic I had picking the Lions previously in this. Uh, okay. So you pick. Looks like I'm scrolling back here. Looks like you picked the Lions two weeks ago, in week eleven. Correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah, I remember what you said. You said the Lions just seem like they're nine points better than the Bears. <laughs> and that's exactly what I think here. I just think the Lions five are five points, points better than the yeah. Saints. Fair. I mean, I, I feel like the Dan Campbell-inspired Lions are going to be fired up after yeah. this a crushing Thanksgiving loss that they should have won, and they'll kind of bounce back and beat a team that I really don't think is that good. Uh, and uh, it's just, I don't know, Things don't seem right in New Orleans, and if they were in any other division, they'd probably be at the bottom and maybe tanking for picks at this point. But um, yeah, so I, I'm going to take the Lions minus four and a half on the road. Right there on the road, I correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I loved it because of the just the bounce back from Thanksgiving. It felt like a, it feels like a good spot for them. Yeah, yeah. Mini buy as well. That's got to help a little bit. Um, okay, so my first pick is going to be the Seahawks plus nine and a half. Mm-hmm. I did it so Chef didn't have to relapse I, on he didn't have to I relapse already, on meat. I actually bet it on FanDuel already. Oh god. You got you gotta go back to another MA meeting. I said I I said I was done doing it on the show. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm doing it because as of 3 p.m. today. Uh, 79% of the money and 78% of the bets were coming in on Dallas. I feel like Dallas is at an all-time high right now, and they can only go down. Not that Seattle's a great team. They're inconsistent, as we've mentioned a couple times so far in this show, but they're definitely better than the teams that Dallas has been blowing out so far this year. So, I don't know. Nine and a half is a lot of points. I just, I don't know. I probably would have thought this would be like six and a half, something like that, but I mean, it was, it was at eight, eight and a half at one point. It's gotten up to nine and a half as we sit about 45 minutes away from kickoff. So I'll be taking the Seahawks. By the time this is out, uh, we'll already know if this won or lost, but mm-hmm. give me the Seahawks plus uh, nine and a half. And uh, yeah, let's make it interesting. Throwback uniform game. So, Shref, back to back picks for Wait, you. Mitchell, did you say you slip an, an MA in there? And that's does that stand for Meets Anonymous? It does. Yeah, Shroff has to go to Meets Anonymous. Yeah, I'd love to sit in on that Meets Anonymous session. It, it, it would be pretty good. <laughs> I think we brought it up last week. I think I said that I almost picked him, but then I had to like snap myself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Shroff, have at it. It's a vicious cycle. It really is. Um, all right, I am gonna I'm gonna try to to heed your words, Jack. I'm gonna try to do it. Um, hi everyone. My name's Shref. Hi, Shref. <laughs> I'm, and so, I can't stop picking meat. <laughs> so here's <laughs> all right. So here's the thing. I'm gonna make this pick no matter what you guys think about it. So okay. normally, I understand that you guys would be like, "No, you're a mush. You're gonna ruin this." But in terms of my my picking, if there was ever something I was gonna pick, it should be this, I guess. So. Give me the Steelers minus five and a half. Dude. Oh, uh, he's good at favorites. He's good at that's favorites. What, that's what I just explained. Yeah, what is, what, what's his favorites record? Seven, six, Seven, and, six one. and one. All right. You're above 500. That's, that's yeah. all right. That's all right. I literally prefaced it by saying that, so I wouldn't get that reaction. You guys still gave me okay. This is reaction. All right. All right. No, it's just, it's just the, uh, you know. I understand I have it, some stink on me. I understand I have stink on me. I get it. I'm a stinky boy. Um. But uh, 
Yeah, Steelers are at home. Uh, it feels, I mean, obviously it feels like they found their, their groove a little bit this past week. I don't see why that wouldn't continue. Um, I believe it was Jack who mentioned that, um, barring any unforeseen extra injuries, we're going to get Minka, TJ, Cam Hayward back on the field altogether. I like the optics of that. Um, I think Tyler, uh, is, you know, progressing, going to be getting better as we go here, but I mean, still what only is third game back, I believe. Um, so some rust and this is not the defense you want to be going against for that. And yeah, I think, I mean, I think just because it's a Steelers game, it's still going to find a way to be pretty low scoring, but I, I think they can win by a touchdown. Like they should, I, I get, I get the logic, but I'm sure you I, <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't think no, it's not even just, it's not even just you. Like I, I don't know. I'm not confident enough in the Steelers yet. Um, for them to win by six. They should though. Hey, we beat the Ra- we beat the Ravens by seven, so Yeah. I'm just saying. Shreff, you're up again. Oh. Yeah. I'm gonna take the same number. Um there's I'm gonna take the Chargers minus five and a half. I'm gonna stick with the logic here. Um it's in New England, which is obviously a little shaky. Uh, I don't like betting on Brandon Staley, but I do think this is a situation where Brandon Staley is essentially trying to coach for his job to try to save, like, right the ship a little bit. Um, the Patriots are the one team in the league right now that I, I, I truly think you can say that they're like at like pretty much tanking. Um, I know in the NFL it's like a little harder to do it than like in basketball and other sports, but they, I mean, they're they're trying their darnest. Uh, Mac Jones was helping. I think that. Um, Continued experiment is finally over, but I don't think that Bailey Zappi does enough to like make me believe in the Patriots whatsoever. Um, and the Chargers' offense, like most of the year, I mean, I know they don't have wins to show for it, but this offense has shown potential at times. And the Patriots are just a a dumpster fire over there. So Chargers can win this game by seven, and I think they they feel like they need to win this game. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh... I wouldn't feel good about doing that either, but someone's got to win that game. Someone's got to cover that game. So yeah, who knows? It probably won't be the Chargers, but wherever I'm, I'm going stats now. It, it's stats time. You ha- yeah, you have to just chalk it up to the analytics of how you're just yeah. slightly above average at favorites. <laughs> That's so. exactly right. <laughs> All right, so my next pick uh, is going to get you guys fired up. I'm uh, going to be going with the. I'm going to go with the Falcons minus one and a half. And uh, <laughs> no, no, my reasoning will fire you uh, up. Are you ready? Here we go. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really fade Tim Boyle. T- oh, yeah. Fade Tim Boyle until further notice. Mm-hmm. This man is horrible. I'm He's so bad. glad really that the whole country got this or world whoever was watching on the first Black Friday game. Got to see how bad that this guy was. In his four starts, he's 0-4. He averages 184 passing yards a game. He has four touchdowns and 11 interceptions. He almost has triple the amount of interceptions that he has touchdowns. He had a QBR of 4.6 last game. I'm not even joking. I literally think I could do better than 4.6. I'm not joking. All he did was check down to Brees Hall. I could do that. Pretty bad. Get this Aaron Rodgers merchant nepotism baby off the field. It's a disservice to the game we love. And he literally, he does not belong. He doesn't belong here. He never belonged here. Get him out of here. This game is a pick essentially. One and a half. I don't care how inept Arthur Smith is. The Falcons are winning the NFC South right now. It's a pick The Jets are awful. They can't score at all what they have how they have how many points they have last game 10 something it was bad they had they had 13 but they scored a defensive touchdown they can't do anything and this is just the falcons should be touchdown favorites in this game the jets aren't going to score unless it's on defense not tim boyle he's not saving you give me the falcons that's easy money i should have taken that first do we have any indication of Tim Boyle's like personal character? Is he a good guy? 
because I feel like we're just attacking him. But I really, Mitchell, you're just mad at his ability and mad at like the circumstances in which he it's on the field is is forced upon us. I think you're projecting no. too hard against Tim Tim Boyle. No, he sucks. I the one thing. Yeah, I but maybe is... he's like a really nice, cool guy. So I feel he bad for be, him. But a four, a, a QBR of four, that's wild. I know. He could be a cool cat. You're, you're That's like getting a QBR of four is like almost as bad as like taking a test in school and getting a four percent. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Granted, no one gets a, no one gets a hundred QBR, so maybe it's like taking a test in school, and getting like a twenty percent. That's so yeah. bad. And he, like studying your entire life for that test. <laughs> yeah. And legitimately, he is only in the league because he's friend either because he's friends with Aaron Rodgers, or he has. Incriminating Roger Goodell. Yeah. He is incriminating evidence that Roger Goodell committed a felony. That's the only way this man is in the league. There's it's no fine. other logical explanation. The latter is obviously not true. And for the full, like the first part, like it's, I, I, again, there's too much animosity towards Tim Boyle for being like a likable person, and Aaron Rodgers likes him. Like it's a, he's a, he's a friend. Like it's, you're How mad at him for being a good, friendly guy. Okay, yeah. retire and become like a coach. Person. Become a coach. I don't want to see you play football. I heard he loves charity. I, see it. I heard he's oh, a, I heard he donates to charity pretty often. No, you didn't. You're just saying that to make me look I like a jerk. What I heard. No. <laughs> but if, like, so you're just saying to become a coach, like, okay, Tim Boyle, just take a lot less money because I don't want to watch you. Yeah. Sophia, yeah, you're so close. Yeah. Get, it, get him off of the field. Start Trevor Simeon, please. No, I'll well, take anything. Like, the thing I was gonna say is I I almost think so, like Salah's like trying to lose his job. Like it it baffles me that they've gone this many weeks without bringing in someone. Yes, this is this is career suicide when you put Tim Boyle in there. That's what it is. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Get That's him out of there. Tim Boyle. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> go ahead. Um, Get me off so this I, train. I didn't really have one I liked best as my other pick, like my other spread pick. So I was gonna just fade Shreff, but I don't want to pick into Steelers, and I can't pick the Patriots. I just don't. I mean, yeah, exactly. I backed you into a corner here. I guess I could see a way that they could come within five, but I really can't. And uh, so, um, need my total. Speaking of which, I feel like I feel like we may see uh, Bill Belichick be coaching the Chargers next year. How about that? Oh, I was gonna say command. Um, me, uh, I don't know why. Um, because I feel like I heard this somewhere. I don't know, but for everything I hear, like in the podcast and I, I listen to, it's. Um, he can become like I. He he may not be the coach he was, but if he has a reliable offense and a reliable quarterback, and Herbert is a top quarterback, and he can really coach up a defense well, and that defense has talent that he could coach up, and if he can get back to his roots where he doesn't have to like manage the off I mean he's not calling plays or anything but he still has to put more attention on the offense without Tom Brady there and McDaniels uh, it's kind of a mess there and just start fresh and he uh, he may want to prove well for I bet his main goal because he's he's close to becoming the winningest coach right but like if he if he were sticking around in New England and this New England team was like set up for like a a season that they have. Like if they if the Patriots repeat this type of season, I don't think he's gonna get it. I I forget the number exactly. So he's got better chance of reaching that winning as coach record with a better team. And I mean, there's more talent on the Chargers, so it's, I I feel like it, that'd be a good fit. So this could be a coaching tryout for Bill Belichick because he hasn't put his his coaching ability out there enough yet. Yeah, he's got a preview. Anyway, anyway. Yeah. yeah, the Chargers are walking in like, who's this Who's this Belichick fella? 
Yeah, let me let me let's get a good eye on him. He could be our our head coach next year. Um, but nevertheless, I settled on the Texans minus three and a half against the Broncos or hosting the Broncos. Broncos keep winning, and they look a lot better than they did at the beginning of the year, um, letting up seventy points a game. That's not true. Points. Seventy points a game. in a game. Yeah, they they yeah they allowed a seventy point game, which is wild. Um, so they're they're better. I don't think they're great though. And the Texans, I really think, are a, a good solid team. And C.J. Stroud, I watched the film of the all twenty two of him and Trevor, the Jags game, and I mean, I didn't need this game to really confirm it. We kind of all knew C.J. Stroud is very very good. Um. And I just trust him a lot in this spot at home coming off that really close, tough divisional loss. And they're fighting to get back in that playoff spot, that seven seed. The Broncos have an outside chance of that too, but the Texans have a better chance, especially if they win this game. And uh, I mean, if they win it, probably be by four or more. I don't know. I guess it's more than a field goal, but I'll revert back to my my logic. I just think they're four points better than the Broncos. So yeah. I do like you guys Texans, like that? I do. I like them to win the yeah. game, and I I think I always think whenever sports books place the line at seven and a half or six and a half or sorry seven and a half or three and a half, they're trying to get you to take the underdog because um, mm-hmm. of that key number or seven and three. Oh, and the, it was, it was by field. yeah. Yeah, Broncos are hot. So I think there's some psychology behind that. So I, I do think that I, I it wasn't my absolute favorite, but I do definitely lean the Texans in that one for sure. What is your total? My total, I'm going the game we already talked about, going the Steelers, uh, Cardinals under. Ooh, I like uh, the over. Oh, interesting. It's 41 and a half. I'm not going to take it, though. Um, Shreff, what do you like? Hmm? Do you like the over or the under? Uh, Make the deci- like the, you're deciding vote between us two. He's two and ten in totals, Jack. That's what I mean. I don't know if I have if my voice means that much on this one. Um, Which side do you lean? I lean the under. Uh, I was really hoping to say over, and then I'd be so confident. <laughs> but <laughs> the under. I do like the under because. Um, the Steelers offense, I mean, we only scored 16 last week and we should have had 23. I feel like we'll, we'll build on that and hopefully we'll get to like a 24 point game out of the offense. I think that's reasonable to expect. Um, and the defense is, I mean, how I feel about the Steelers defense in general this, this year, everyone, the whole year has been saying how elite our defense is. And I disagree. I push back on that in prior weeks because and it's not just me kind of being spoiled and wanting like absolute excellence, but the defense feels elite because it's like they make a lot of splash plays that like keep us in games and win us games. But I wouldn't have called us elite giving up the amount of yardage we've been giving up. I mean, we, the stat that we've been outgained every game prior to this past week, but uh, that speaks to the offense largely, but it speaks to the defense of how many yards we're giving up. I think we, I don't know what we are after last week, or I, I haven't checked this in recent weeks, but like we're upper 20s in pass yards and rush yards allowed per game. So uh, not a great defense. Um, but we, let up the, we let up the fifth least amount of points in the league. Well, that's what I'm getting at. So the, the past couple weeks, we've been really, um, just not allowing touchdowns and not allowing points on the board. So when, so when I was speaking to that, like yardage totals were up high, like the first half of the season, um, our, our points per game allowed, I think was like in mid pack. So like we're overperforming in terms of points allowed and relative to our yards allowed. But now, I mean, yeah, Mitchell just said it, which I was about to say, we're, we're fifth in points allowed per game. So I'm comfortable now saying the defense is elite or nearing that. Um, in terms of the broader scope of the NFL, like all the defenses. So, um, yeah. And the Cardinals offense isn't great. Like Kyler's back, but it's, uh, um, 
Car- uh, what does I say? Kyler's back, but the defense is is so good. Uh, like I'm trying to think of a score to this game. I said Steelers twenty four. It could be like twenty four ten. I think it or twenty four seventeen would still cover or get that under for me. So, um, yeah, that's why I like it. Defensive shape. and again, I said the Minka thing. We're getting healthy. We have another defensive tackle or defensive lineman who's healthy again that provides depth that should be good for us. Uh, so yeah, I'm feeling good about this under. It's gonna be 41 nothing Steelers. Nice, I would love that. I hope you guys haven't seen this, but do you know who has the best rush defense in the NFL? Surprising. Uh, well, it's not the. It's not going to be the the in terms of yardage. Yeah, yards rush yards allowed per game. Uh, it's not going to be the Browns. I guess that's kind of it's that'd be obvious. I it's actually uh, re- it's actually really surprising. Is it the Cardinals? No, the Cardinals are thirtieth. Uh, oh, they're almost there. Um, I don't know who is it. The Bears. Ooh. Bears defense has looked great the last couple of weeks. They, they only allow yeah, seventy. Right. They allow seventy nine yards rushing per game. Yeah, and they've. Uh, oh no, that's the Vikings. Actually, never mind. The Vikings have allowed one touchdown the past two games. They lost both. Is that isn't that is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Oh boy, the Vikings are. All right. The Vikings. Yeah. Who's up? Mitchell's right. up. Anyway, my uh, I'm gonna be going with the Colts and Titans under 42 and a half. My reasoning being, in the last 20 years, divisional under. I found this. I finally found the trend that I was looking for last week when I came up with that wild criteria. But in the last 20 years, divisional unders week 12 and later are 355, 277, and 14. Which is fifty six percent, and they were four and two last week. Um, so I feel good about that. And the Titans in their last four games only averaged thirteen point three points per game. So their offense has not been good. They're one and three in those games. I think uh, it's going to be another low scoring game. Colts no Jonathan Taylor, although Zach Moss has looked good when he's gotten opportunities, but still Taylor provides another level to that offense. Uh, I'll go under 42 and a half there. All right. Um, I'm going to rip off the bandaid boys. Oh God. Give me the under 47 and a half in the Seahawks Cowboys game. Oh boy. I want to be, I want to be put out of my misery, uh, or celebrate early. I don't want to have to wait till Sunday to to get my heart broken again. So, um, I think the Seahawks secondary is going to put up a little more of a fight against this Cowboys receiving core than the teams have in the past couple weeks. Um, the Cowboys defense is the Cowboys defense. Um, I know the Seahawks have some playmakers, but I mean, this team, uh, this is the, the the defense is what scares me the most. The offense is humming, but this defense is nasty. Um, but feels like a lot of points, primetime game. And like I said, I just want to get it over with. So I'm going to get it over with. All right. Fair enough. I liked the under until now. So mm-hmm. thanks. Good. Perfect. You're welcome. Jack has the Lions wait, wait, minus four. Does that count as betting on meat? Uh, I don't think it does. Well, no, I, it's not. Because like you could do it without... Wait, I, I, I think you cut out for me. Did you bet the over or under? I bet the under. under. You bet the under, okay. I'm not betting on the Seahawks to do well. Yeah, it could be uh, the Cowboys can win like 30 But you've said, it, you've said it you've said it before. I've bet against I, I've bet against them before and they've yeah, he's they've broken. You need, my heart. To, you, you need to stay away from meat altogether. <laughs> This is also the first week of this season. on Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this is the first week of this season, at least, where we've all bet unders. Wow. 
But anyway, to recap, Jack, Lions minus four and a half because they're about five points better than the Saints. The Texans minus three and a half because they're about four points better than the Broncos. And the Cardinals uh, Steelers under 41 and a half. I had the Seahawks plus nine and a half. The Falcons minus one and a half. Maybe I'll alter that to 14. The Colts and Titans under 42 and a half. And Trev had the Steelers minus five and a half. The Chargers minus five and a half. And the Seahawks Cowboys under 47 and a half. My honorable mentions that I have written down are the Packers plus six. I think they're going to make that game really interesting. Uh, Sunday night against Kansas City at uh, Lambeau. I have the Eagles plus two and a half, or is it three now? I don't know. Anyway, I just, I mean, it is two and a half still. And I had, I also had the Dolphins minus nine and a half just because they have been blowing out bad teams and they play the Commanders. So there's that. I also had the, the over in the Steelers game, which we just said. Maybe that's just a little reactionary to improved offense, but I don't know. We'll see. Anything else that you guys liked? Doesn't sound like it because it sounded like Jack barely could come up with two picks that he liked. The the Lions pick was my original one one, so losing that one was tough. Okay. That's about all I had. Though. I was I was struggling a little because I was trying to stay within the confines of my statistics, even though my statistics still aren't good. Yeah, I didn't like anything else really. I was struggling to get the three picks that I was confident in. All right, very well. We have two for this game that's about to kick off, so I'm going to go throw that on in a couple minutes here. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm sorry that, you know, Shref, that you relapsed. Um, (laughs) You relapsed on me. I did. As your sponsor, we're gonna to have to have a conversation about this. Yeah, um, no, yeah. I gotta throw my chips. I gotta throw my chips in the in the trash. I don't know. Yeah, go back to step one of the twelve mm-hmm. step program. Sure. After the episode we we did when it was just me and you, I think we 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 talked about the five stages of grief, and we, we were long, almost at the end. It was the, five, it was the five stages of meat. Yeah, we, we, Jack. When you weren't <laughs> here, we had a whole like therapy session for. I this remember. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Um, prayers up for Shref and we will we will uh, catch you next week with another episode see ya peace